welcome wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 51. So who has a good recap for us? It was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, it turns out, uh, Silbeth was cursed. And for me personally, what is this, like my third campaign ever? I've never experienced a curse thing. So me, I got very upset as a character in real life. And because it's like, you get used to these people as characters. And so it felt like Sylbeth was intentionally trying to harm the group. And maybe this is like good immersion, but it was like, oh, like someone who I've come to know, like their habits is doing things that don't make sense. And I kind of lost it, but uh, that's not a recap. That's just how I felt about the session. If someone wants an actual, more accurate recap, but. No, that is that is exactly a perfect thing to bring up. And as a DM, I could feel that. I could feel that frustration. And there was part of me that, and Emery, feel free to chime in. There was part of me that realized that that frustration was not a good part of a tabletop role-playing experience. Mm. And then there was another part of me that was like trying to justify that frustration of like, of course they're going to be frustrated by this. Yeah. No, I as a DM have actually been in the same situation where I wanted the players to be a little bit frustrated, you know, because there's definitely the temptation of like, yeah, I want to throw this really difficult thing, whether it's a difficult trap or puzzle or role-playing situation with the idea that when they overcome it, then they'll feel better. You know what I mean? They'll feel like they accomplished something because it was a little bit frustrating. So, but you know, it is a fine line to, uh, to toe because you don't want them to be too frustrated and you want there to be some sort of like, you know, resolution makes them feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we really get into the recap, I want to point out just how unlikely it was for you all to end up in this place with all of this going on. First of all, when you were finding stuff, it could have been any one of you, but you decided that Brad hadn't found anything recently, and so it was kind of unpredictable. He rolled a 14 on the table of potentially decent random stuff, and that was Strange Coin, an unusual silver coin bearing unfamiliar markings. And that's all it said uh, in the description, really. And. Uh, Brad asked for more details, so I just made it up. I said, well, this is some kind of demonic writing, and he said, I speak abyssal, and then that kind of locked it in as an abyssal nickel. (laughs) And then that was kind of it. Like, I put it away, right? And then a couple of days later, I'm like, oh, geez, I got a... I rolled, I knew it was cursed, but I didn't say anything to anybody. And then a couple of days later, I'm, uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to look up a curse. And so I went and grabbed the Game Master's Book of Astonishing Random Tables by uh, Ben Angloff. And there's a D100 table in there. I rolled 34, which is you stop believing magic exists. And it's really ambiguous. But the thing about the curse is that it's ongoing. And like there are other curses, like everything tastes like ash or humanoids are invisible to you, right? But you stop believing magic exists is different. Yeah, that's a serious curse, potentially, yeah. Yeah, especially for someone whose whole existence is centered around magic, right? So Jason contacted me earlier in the week, and he said, I have to tell you what your curse is. Like, my plan was normally to not necessarily share what your curses are, and you had to figure it out, but because of what I rolled, I need to tell you. 
and we went back and forth about how to handle it. And, you know, he's like, well, I know you, Brad, you're going to commit to whatever we decide. You're going to commit the hell out of it. So, you know, we just decided my wild magic triggers off emotions. If I see magic happen, there's going to be so much dissonance that I'm going to gain emotional levels, which if I surge, I'm going to gain a ton more emotional levels, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like cascades at that point. And because we're doing like this homebrew thing with your emotions triggering wild magic surges, there's no way to really predict when that's going to happen. And it's kind of left up to you and me. So anyway, there were a few clues like leading up to it in our last session that there was something off with Silbeth regarding magic. Yeah. And Aaron, you were the first one to really like say, I think Silbeth is cursed. Yes. Yes. But... You know, it wasn't Wendell that said that, it was me. So, like, the question is, how do our characters come around to this realization? And I guess that's what we're going to find out, maybe? Well, Clubhead did, very early on, after Silbeth got hit by the rock, Clubhead went to investigate whether the rock was even real or not. Yeah, you touched it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his thought process was the effect that it had on Silbeth was much different than just getting struck by a rock like it was from his perspective after that moment that she was struck that's when she started acting strange that's when i started seeing definite magic and i made the choice in the moment to be knocked unconscious by it because it caused me so much damage and that just probably confused things more because you said at one point you thought i was role-playing a concussion yep Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that could have made things a little trickier but i think It all made sense by the end of the session. When we left off, you guys had approached the outside of the wizard's tower, Maddox's tower. What did you guys see, Dion, in the uh, prairie grass in front of the tower some distance away? Wasn't there like an old trebuchet or something? Mm Mm-hmm. And we tried to like put it together and none of us know any kind of engineering, so it was just a lot of moxie that turned into nothing. Yeah, you know, with the perfect roll, maybe it could have. But you left your mounts and Crokey, the formerly alive pirate captain, at the edge of the nearby forest, And, you know, you presume them to be safe there because they're undercover and it's quiet over there. Then Silbeth got nailed by a boulder. Clubhead got nailed by a flying boulder. Mm -hmm. Where did those come from, Emery? They were launched off the top of the tower. And so far, I don't think we've seen the mechanism that launches them. Nope. You took a massive amount of damage. Silbeth and Clubhead both took a ton of damage. Yeah, we both almost got killed in one hit. I think I was down to like six hit points and Sobeth was down to like four or something. I don't remember. And then Wendell burrowed underground, got his way up to the front doors of the tower. And at that point, I think that was when, Aaron, you were really starting to get more adamant about Sobeth being under some curse because by that time, she was being carried by Bunny up to the steps of the tower and she summoned a troll in a wild magic surge and then immediately had another wild magic surge and she turned into a potted plant. And she was targeted by that troll, but then when she became a plant, the troll was not interested anymore and 
kind of came after us, and it wasn't as easy to kill as the previous troll. We thought yeah, it was gonna be cakewalk. <laughs> after that last one, I was like, "Dude, trolls ain't shit." But apparently, we just were the luckiest dudes on earth for a minute. We did exceptionally well with the first troll. Yeah, yeah it definitely helps when you land a stunning blow in like the first round of combat. <laughs> that mm-hmm. not a good start for a troll. And being like right there, and the troll is right there. It's in melee range. Wendell calls forth an undead spirit to help in battle, and Clubhead turns into a warhorse with wild shape, and finally the troll was smashed by one of those flying boulders. Oh, now that was lucky. Very. Yeah. Because it was a random roll. <laughs> Who was it going to target? It had a two-thirds chance to target one of us. Yeah. Of course, Silbeth became Silbeth again. You were able to decipher the elven words etched on the tower's door, which read, Whom is it you seek? There were so many elements of this that were happening kind of all at once, and it was very confusing to all of you, and it was a little confusing to me too. (laughs) In the shock of all of that happening, another wild magic surge from Silbeth, and five flumps like Nipple Clamp Jackson all poof into existence, and they're scattered about in like a 60-foot area. They're all frightened, by the way. And they're all (laughs) something? They're all demonic or something? Corrupted. Corrupted. Corrupted in some way. Now, you might not know. Your characters may not know. Oh, what the difference is between different types of flumps. (laughs) But these flumps are all like politicians floating around frightened oh dear oh run get away (laughs) doing that right you know what i made a mistake with that big troll that got smashed by the boulder i misspoke about him or it i said that it was dead but it still would have maintained its regenerative ability and although active combat came to a momentary end before the second troll was the tiny troll was summoned I believe you would have had a moment after combat ended that you would have been able to like light the troll on fire and stomp on him a bit and finish him off. Yeah. Well, we also have chill touch, which prevents healing. Sure. So you would have been able to do that. And then all of a sudden, small troll, corrupted flumps. Oh, dear. And here you are. You were able to read the elven. Bunny was actually able to read the sign finally to the party and I believe it was Silbeth? Yeah, because I was like trying to, it was Silbeth because I was trying to snap her back to normal. Yeah. What, who who are again? we pursuing? And I said, well, Maddox, of course. Yeah. And that's when the door opened and that's when the magic of the door opening. That's how And it shocked me enough <laughs> that I summoned a small swift troll. A small Taylor Swift troll covered in brown goo. <laughs> right. The first one was Kelsey, obviously. Yes. Right. And you beat him. Yes. Uh, which means that the Chiefs are going to lose the Super Bowl. That's what that <laughs> By the okay. way, I'm also levitating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The least scary of all of the things yes. you've searched. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we haven't had a fireball yet is a blessing, so... So at this point, Clubhead Warhorse is on the stairs leading to the tower's entrance. Bunny is right there at the doorway. I believe, Aaron, you said Wendell was going to step inside the entrance? Yes, and sort of peer out the door. And if given the chance, Wendell is going to try to put Silbeth to sleep. Okay. Well, we're starting a new combat. The turn order is Bunny, then Clubhead, then Silbeth, the Flumps, and then Wendell, and then the small troll. So we'll start with Bunny DePain. 
Let's go. I look at him because I'm going to try to ice cold stun him. So first I'm going to make an attack because I have to do that first. Okay. And I'm club seeding. Attack! Does it a 14 hit? Hopefully. Well, you hit him, but he takes the shot. He takes the bump. No damage. I'm a tough little guy. All right, all right, all right. He no-sells your ass. Oh, like that's the ultimate not a good <laughs> Well, you listen here, hombre. I didn't come all this way to die to the tiniest guy twice in one year. I'm a swing it again. 18. That is a hit with 18. Nicely done. And Woo. so... So now I'm talking that shit. I'm gonna try to stun him. You listen here, little motherfucker. We climbed these rocks. We're almost dead. Silbeth might be schizophrenic. I don't know what's going on with her. I'm not dying today. And then I think he has to do a save. Con save. I need him to do a 14 or less. It's an 11. Yes. Amazing. The end of the good Jason rolls. It was finally, <laughs> I never thought we'd see today. Three weeks. Just, yeah, just wow. needed a few weeks off. <laughs> Yep. Seriously. Let the dice reset themselves. So now that I've used the one ice call point for that, I don't know, is it possible to do another two attacks or would I have to wait? I'm always confused about how many I can do in a row, I'll be honest. Yeah, so if you do an attack, then you get an extra attack as as part of just being a pro wrestler. But then there's also a bonus action attack as tied to that too. So you'd have another bonus action attack. Okay, excellent. We're club scene, man. I'm nothing cute. He's stuck like a mother sucker. Oh, hit him in the face with a 20. Not a natural though. All right, bang him in the head with the club seat. He is stunned. So if he's stunned- You have advantage. Yeah, so you gotta roll that again. Oh, mama mia, here it goes. Hey, yeah, 16, what are you gonna do? Yeah, 16 is a hit, but we'll go with the 20. It's more damage too. Yeah, so you bang him with the club seat. He's stunned. You hit him again with the club seat. That is a total of 22 points of damage. Nice. Nice. All right, Clubhead is up, Silbeth on deck. Okay, well, Clubhead is still a horse. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> And uh, the horse is is pretty decent at fighting, especially a small troll that is stunned. So Clubhead is actually going to retreat a little bit. Just get like 10 feet back. Sorry, I had to move 20 feet back. Turn around and then charge the troll. You got it. He's got no reactions. He can't get an attack of opportunity. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to trample this bitch so hard. All right, so 24 to hit. Okay. Thank you. And then I do 10 points of bludgeoning damage. And the best part is he's got to make a saving throw, a strength saving throw. Which he can't do. (laughs) Yeah. So now he's knocked prone. Oh. And as part of the trampling charge, if the target is prone, the horse can make another attack with his hooves as a bonus action. (laughs) Yeah. So here's my second attack. 17's a hit. There we go. And another seven points of bludgeoning damage. (laughs) This small troll is covered with hoof prints now. Yeah, I'm standing on top of his small troll body. (laughs) Like a horse balancing on a a ball. It's entertainment. It's not just a combat. (laughs) Anything else for clubhead horse? No, uh, he's done. Silbeth is up and Wendell is going to be on deck after the flumps. Are there, I can't remember if I asked this last time, but are there windows on this tower? No. No windows at all that I can see. Nope, just the open door. I'm going to peek inside. 
What do I see? As you peek inside the tower, the entrance chamber of this tower is circular. It's only maybe 40 feet around. The domed ceiling is pretty high, maybe 30 feet or so. There's what appears to be half of a broken chandelier on the ground. The rest of the chandelier is still dangling on a chain from the ceiling. Underneath this busted up chandelier, the tiles on the floor are cracked. They're covered with a thick layer of dust and debris. That's about all you can see. You see there's a, a wooden door straight across from the entrance, and there's two curved stone stairways that lead up to a landing above that wooden door where there's another set of doors, double doors. These look to be bigger doors, iron reinforced, or maybe brass, you're not really sure. And about how high is that platform? About 15 to 20 feet. Silbeth says, Wendell, I'm going to go up and check those doors. Okay, just kind of keep your distance, please. (laughs) (laughs) Try to stay calm about it. (laughs) Why, are you afraid of my crossbow? Uh, yeah, yeah, your crossbow. It looks very dangerous. Just, uh, you know, don't don't point it at me. Uh, Okay. That's what I'm afraid of, Uh uh-huh. Are you dashing up there? Well, is it less than 30 feet to get up there? No. With the curve, it's probably closer to 50 or 60. Okay. Yeah, I think I will because there's nothing else I'd want to do inside. So you dash up the curved stairs, and you notice that a lot of those stone steps are cracked, and there's big chunks out of them. There's debris that you're kind of dodging as you're running up this curved stairway that looks to be carved, basically, just like the foundation of the tower has been carved out of the mountain itself. These stairs have been carved out of the foundation of this tower. Could I call it a bonus action just to check to see if the doors are locked? Sure. Bonus action. You grab the door handle and you try to open it and it is locked. That's probably all I can do then. Alrighty. The flumps on their turn just continue to yell. And that's their turn as they dash themselves away from the tower and away from you all. Oh, thank God. Yeah, they will probably be gone by the time combat is over. Wendell the Wombat, small troll is on deck. I have a question, though, about the flumps. Are they within range of the stones now? A couple of them might be, sure. Cool. I'm just glad that it has extra targets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My ghost is very interested in the small troll and wants to touch it. Oh, boy. He's going to touch it. Touch that troll. Deathly touch. And then another one. It's 17. 17. There you go. That is a hit. All right. Trolley's got to make a wisdom saving throw, or it's going to be frightened of undead. Oh, zero. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is starting out like our first fight with the troll. We're back, boys. We're back. We're back. (laughs) All right. That's going to be nine points of necrotic damage. And now it is extremely afraid of the little ghosty. If only it wasn't incapacitated. <laughs> <All> right, uh, <laughs> yep. Can't do anything about it. It no. just looks terrified. It just looks terrified. Yep. And that's how it's going to spend the rest of its life. Oh, Short, small life. <laughs> what is Wendell specifically doing? Wendell's just kind of hanging out by the door, keeping an eye on Silbeth and surveying the, the situation and not really going to move from this position, I don't think. Just keep working that spirit. Yeah, work it. And you do see Silbeth, like, trying to open the door up there, up top, but it doesn't work. There's no strange creatures suddenly appearing. There's no fireballs. There's no... Not at the moment. Okay. 
Wendell's waiting to see if anything weird happens with Silbeth, and then if he needs to take action, he will. <laughs> is he going to hold hold an action to do what? Dodge? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. It is the small troll's turn. Dion, the stunning move. It, it's uh, stunned until the end of my next turn. All right. The small troll just sits there, lays there in his own ooze, terrified <laughs> of the undead spirit <laughs> and badly injured. And now it's Bunny DePayne's turn. Can't tell you how many times I've laid in my own ooze. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Look how much time we have. Okay. So <laughs> I, I just want to, I think I want to power bomb it. So that means I have to restrain it first, right? Because the art's next to it. So it's prone and it's incapacitated. So you do have some moves, like just in terms of like a pro wrestler, you could do like a big leg drop on it. That's true. You could do an elbow drop. Yeah. See, it, it all made sense, I think, because I was so annoyed from the last one. I was being petty, but I should just go ahead and try to get this bitch right <laughs> out of here. So I still have to like attempt to grapple, which will probably pass because he's stunned. He can't even. He can't even put up a fight. So then come in, motherfucker. Yeah. So your your first grapple is an automatic success because okay. it can't fight back. Second grapple will be your your second attack, and that one is going to be the figure four leg lock, right? Oh, I got a crit on the first. That was try. a natural twenty. That is nice. a crit. Let's go. Oh my god, that is twenty one force damage. Oh, you're Whoa. not getting out of this, big fella. And I still get one more, right? Yes, yes I you do. And we're coming right back at you. Yo, you're going to have to cry for your troll mama. Oh, come <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, my God. He tightens up the figure four leg lock. <gasps> McMahon, he doesn't stand a chance. This, this, He can't get out. I'm winning this Intercontinental Championship, I tell you. All right. So you lock in the figure four leg lock. You hear bones and ligaments and tendons snapping and breaking. The troll is completely incapacitated and stunned still. You tighten the figure four leg lock even more and you hear even more disgusting sounds as you believe the leg is completely useless of the troll and the troll is quite nearly dead. Wait a minute. Was there a thing that y'all did to the troll that makes it so he can't regenerate? No. He Not can this one. Not yet. It's been mostly right. bludgeoning. All right. So he would have, on his turn, regained some hit points, which he did, but he is still on death's door in terms of hit points. Anything else for Bunny to paint? Uh, I just look at uh, Club Horse and say, I'm tapping you in. Finish this jabroni. Club Horse. <laughs> <laughs> And it's Clubhead's turn. I like how you called him Club Horse instead of Horsehead. Oh, <laughs> damn it. All right, you got it. <laughs> okay, so Clubhead, I mean Horsehead or Club Horse, <laughs> is going to provoke, I believe, by doing this because I gotta, I gotta do the trample. Unless I can trample without having to move. So he's still prone because he didn't get any movement on his turn because he was still stunned until the end of Bunny's turn. He's no longer stunned, but he is still prone. Okay. So, so here's the question. So the trampling charge says, if the horse moves at least 20 feet forward and attacks it, then they have to make a strength save or be knocked prone. If the target is prone, the horse can make another attack with its hooves as a bonus action. So it seems like I have to do the charge. I have to move in order to even get the bonus action attack. And that's what I'm going to try to do. I am going to try to risk it for the biscuit. I'm going to move back and he gets an attack against me, but he's got disadvantage. He swipes a nasty little claw at your leg and he misses. Yes. Because you're sea biscuits. Yes! Okay. Take this, you son of an asshole. A 24 to hit. <laughs> well, that's a hit. Seven points of damage. Ugh, crunch. And then another. 
Oh, that time I got a 19 on the die, so 26 to hit. That is a hit. For 14 points of damage. The troll is now unconscious. But you know those trolls. Right. I'm going to sort of like using the remaining 20 feet of my movement. I'm going to start going up the stairs kind of towards Wendell. And I'm going to sort of like motion my horse head towards the troll and go. All right. Silbeth, you're standing up by the doors. You've tested the doors. You know that they are locked. Okay. These are maybe wooden doors, but they are clad in probably brass. Double doors, reinforced. They're tarnished by the years. Their gleam has long since gone. There is a little keyhole in the right side door below the handle. A little keyhole? I have a key. (gasps) I'm going to try the key that I have. You take the key out. You stick it in the lock. It fits. You turn it. It clicks. The door is unlocked. Excellent. All right, what do I see through the door? All right, you open up these double doors. Wait, when when Silbeth opened the door, did it feel kind of magical? Kind of like, <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> what, is, what are the chances? No, felt felt like any time you unlock your door to go in your house. Okay. All right. Nothing <laughs> magical. I mean, mild satisfaction, but nothing magical. Oh, believe me, I was I was waiting for that. So. <laughs> it is kind of magical because she's been holding on that key for a long right. time. But it's not magic magic. I'm I'm, a, I'm kind of astounded. Yeah. But do you believe in kismet? Like, do you know that kismet exists or like, you know, synergy? Like the twinkle in a baby's <laughs> eye? I think I still believe in things like luck and, you know, that sort of stuff. What about love? Because a lot of people describe love as magical. Yeah. Right. Magical. <laughs> I still believe in things that feel magical. <laughs> you still believe love exists, right? Yes. Okay, good. In front of you, Silbeth, a dark passage slopes upward at about a 20 degree angle. So you could walk up this steep passage without needing to like scramble with your hands. It's only 20 degrees. No stairs, it's just like a long ramp, and it's about 50 feet or more up this incline, and then it curves to the right out of sight. The passage is about 10 feet wide. The ceiling might be a little bit more than 10 feet. And it looks empty? Yeah, aside from, I mean, it's stone walls, stone ceiling, stone floor. You don't see any, like, evidence of anything in, there's nothing in here. It just seems empty. The floor's dusty and, you know, cobwebs here and there, but nothing of note. You want to give me a perception check uh, for your action? Sure. 12. With a 12, you notice a couple of scrapes on the stone wall, maybe 10 feet into this corridor. Looks like something scratched up against the wall. Is it worn? I mean, is it the same color as the rest of the wall, or does it look like it's newer and a different color still? It's tough to tell. It doesn't look like something scraped up and left a mark from the thing that scraped up against it. It looks like some of the rock was kind of scratched off. Okay. In any particular pattern? No. Just looks like something big and heavy scraped up against the wall. Okay. It's a few inches wide, a few inches long. I turn back and I yell to Wendell, Hey, Wendell! I think we could move up the tower. Tell everyone to come into the tower. Okay, are you sure it's safe? Well, the stairway looks safe for the moment anyway. Okay, I'll get everybody inside. Okay. And I'm going to carefully start moving up the hallway, doing it carefully and kind of checking to see if there's traps or anything. So your passive perception, I think, is like 13, right? 15. Okay, so passive perception is in play because you're making your way up this thing. You're looking around for stuff, anything of note. Are you being stealthy? 
Yes, I'm trying to. All right, give me a stealth check. Eight. No. Oh. Well, I think the shouting at Wendell was part of That's the true, reason. yes. <laughs> That's probably why it's a stealth eight. check. Yeah, it could have been. So is that your turn? Yes. Oh, dear. No. Ah. A rock comes flying <laughs> off the top of the tower and completely oh. obliterates one of these flumps. It just disappears into a puff of, like, blue hairs or something. <laughs> it's, yes. It's just crazy. But the rest of them are long gone. They have disappeared behind trees or into the forest or elsewhere. They're just gone. Oh, oh dear. dear. Oh, dear. Guys, guys, Silbeth is uh, went up the tower. Quick, come in here. We just quickly burn the troll just and so it's sad and he doesn't show back up. There you go. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, head upstairs toward Silbeth. All right, you're out of combat. The undead spirit hanging out with Wendell still for a bit. Yeah, yeah, it'll be around for, is it like an hour? Yeah. I believe it is. Guys, all right, before we go up to see Silbeth, we gotta we gotta have a discussion here. Okay, yeah. What do you think is happening like, with Silbeth? Uh, she got hit pretty hard and went unconscious, but like, what the fuck? She doesn't, I haven't seen her use a spell in a while. Has anyone ever seen anything like this before? I, I, I don't know. Wendell. I don't know what to think of it. The clubhead taps twice with his hoof on the stone floor. <laughs> <laughs> shakes his head. Clubhead. How long are you going to be a horse? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he shrugs as much as a horse can shrug. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better not go near her because she freaks out when she sees you. She either has to, like, see you as clubhead or a horse forever. Like, you might have to commit to the horse bit, man. <laughs> Unless we can figure out what's happening. She got, we picked up some stuff. Like, I got this shark tooth necklace. We all got some things. That's the only difference from between where we are now and where we were before. Like, I don't know magic. You guys are the magic guys. Can you tell if she's, like, got some weird juju going on? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to, because Wendell has this special ability to have eureka moments. And I think this is a good chance for a eureka moment for Wendell to figure out some things about what's happening with Silbeth. Like you did, Aaron, you kind of figured out that there was a curse. And I think Wendell has also figured this out. It hits you. Oh, my God. That abyssal nickel. Nobody else could read it. Silbeth was the only one who could read it. She took ownership of it. And it was from that moment on that things kind of started to go crazy. Your eureka moment also leads you to the conclusion that, that there's probably a few different ways for you to either get rid of the curse or mitigate the problem that you're facing. Remove Curse is a spell that exists for wizards, clerics, paladins, and warlocks, but you don't have it. You do know that if Silbeth is incapacitated or unconscious or asleep, she wouldn't see or experience magic happening, and that means she probably wouldn't feel emotions and then wouldn't surge. Maybe there's something to destroying or removing that coin? Or you could try to limit the shock and surprise of magic in some way, I don't know how, You've never really needed to mitigate her build of emotions before, but who knows? What if we just found an, an abyssal parking? That'd probably get rid of the curse. I come back out. I say, boys, what's taking so long? And what? Where is Clubhead? Why is that horse in here? Silbeth, I need to tell you about something. Okay. Are you ready? Can you just? Can you just? You know, relax your shoulders. You look tense. I guess I, yeah, I've, there's been a lot of strange things in in the past hour. I would like to teach you about something you might not realize existed in the world before. Um, okay. 
there's this thing. It's sort of an ability that some of us have to create things in, in a way that, well, it might surprise you because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, uh, it's, it's maybe something you've never seen before. You mean like artistic talent? Yeah, it's like artistic talent, but the ability to create things out of nothing. What seems like nothing. That, that seems unlikely, but okay. Are you curious about this? Well, I mean, sure, I always like to learn new things. Okay, well, we're going to call it Munjik, okay? Mun- it's called Munjik? Munjik. Okay. Yeah, the ability to create things out of nothing and transform and do strange things. It's called Munjik. Well, I mean, you can't create something out of nothing. But what if you could? Well, that... Yeah, it's a new thing. That sounds like what people call magic, which it doesn't exist. Well, no. no, no, this is different. This is different. This is how magic. Is it, how is it different from what people call magic? That's like, that's the oh, definition. Oh, way different. No, nobody, yeah, magic. I don't, we don't know what that is. Ugh, poof. It, it's, wow. it's fake. Wow. That's what right? it is. It's fake. Yeah, it is. It's fake. Magic, though, is 100% real and great. It's so fun. It's not threatening at all, though. Okay. Well, what, why are you telling me this? Well, I just thought you might want to know about it. So in case anything... We do anything with Munjik in the future, you might, um, you might, uh, you might know that it's us doing it. Your friends. Yeah, the whoop whoop guys. And it's safe. You, so you, you know how to do this? Oh yes, I've been studying Munjik for years. Didn't I ever tell you about this? No, I don't think so. I've never heard that word before. Well, it was overdue, and I'm so glad that I can finally talk to you about it. Why did you keep this from me? Well... You know, I, it, uh, it's people don't really know about it, and I've had bad experiences in the past introducing Munjik to people, and I wasn't sure how you would react. Okay, well, I mean, like, is it is it some sort of science? I, don't, I still don't quite understand. There's a, definitely a science to it. Oh, okay. Does it, and... It's, it's like turning thoughts in your head into reality. I mean, it's very much like art, like do, what you were saying. Bunny, do you, do you know this Munjik? No, um, pro wrestlers, I like the physical arts, but his is more of a mental art. You know what I mean? So, like, if you ever want a backflip, I'm a backflip guy. So you've heard of Munjik before? Like, so me and, look, we're partners in wrestling. So one day when we were just sparring, getting our moves together, he, he laid it on me early. He Like you said, he's had people in the past who weren't so receptive. So he kind of approached me with it first just to see if I was cool before he showed the group. You know, you don't want to, like, break people off a whole a lot of information too fast. But yeah, it's just magic, baby. <laughs> I, I suddenly noticed the undead spirit. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> that's Munjik. That's, that's my friend. His I, name is Casper. Uh, I can't really help but take two levels of emotion from that. So here's where I think Wendell's effort does pay off. All right. Since he was really careful and thoughtful in explaining Munjik, even though you've seen this, I, I think there's a great benefit to that. So instead of taking two levels, I would say you're going to take one level. Okay. Also, I'm going to have Silbeth roll an insight check to see if oh, okay. she thinks Wendell's doing anything all right, well, let's let's have Wendell make a deception check with advantage because Bunny is helping him lie. Okay, I'll, I'll only roll the 13. 18. Yeah, 18 is enough to do it. I would say, Silbeth, you more or less believe that 
that this is this is this thing called Munjik. Yeah. And Casper is Wendell's Munjik friend. I, Wendell's pulled this on Silbeth in the past. You remember with the whole like Silbeth's love talking to him in the casket. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh my oh. god, I forgot about that. <laughs> so you're just gaslighting Silbeth across the world? He's always bullshitting Silbeth for some reason. <laughs> and she always falls for it, despite how ridiculous it is. <laughs> yeah. He's a very convincing wombat folk. He is, have you seen that? In spite of how intelligent she is. Oh, well, okay, well, I mean, thanks, thanks for sharing, I guess. I guess it's some sort of, like, supernatural thing? Exactly, yes. Munjik is, is, has a supernatural element. But we all here are very skilled with it and know exactly what we're doing, so... No reason to worry if you see us doing some things you've, you've never seen before. We figured, you know, since we're out in this very important mission right now, we better bring out the Munjik. Clubhead takes this opportunity to transform back into his normal form. All right. <laughs> do you do that like right there in the middle of the room? Yeah, right there in front of in front of Silbeth. All right. I would say Silbeth takes a level. Uh, I think one so. Level. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see how this conversation will lessen the effects. Yes. But yeah, <laughs> she's definitely still seeing a very odd thing. Yes. Okay. A two. Oh, oh, shit. God damn it, Clubhead. Here we go. Fireball. You cast Polymorph on yourself. All right. And you have a saving throw connected to Polymorph. And if you fail that saving throw, something fun will happen. What is your spell save DC? My spell save DC is 15. Okay. That will be the saving throw DC. 18. Nicely done. So you can Polymorph into... Whatever you like. Well, I think I would probably, if I'm not, like, consciously thinking about it, my instinct would probably be to polymorph into, like, a giant snake. Cool. Well, then you are a giant snake. Oof. Clubhead gets back into his normal form and is like, Huh, good job, Wendell. You finally made her see reason. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) So you are now large and you are a snake. And I know when you polymorph, you keep your mental traits, so that that's that's going to be another surge, but like a half surge again? Yeah, that would be another one level of emotion, as you've been instructed that this is Munjik. <laughs> Silbeth, you're a natural to Munjik! Look at you! You're a, a huge thing! Oh my gosh, I didn't know you knew how to do Munjik! I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm I'm going to argue that it's two levels of emotion instead of the normal five. Instead of five. Yeah, yeah. Because that I, makes sense. I didn't think I knew Munjik. <laughs> no, that's true. I think on the first one, you, you take two. 18. So you have two levels of emotion. After your surge, you are now a giant snake. And are you a giant poisonous snake? Yeah, I think I would probably instinctually divert to a poisonous snake because that's kind of what my stock is in my race. Yeah. So with that, Silbeth is now a giant poisonous snake perched at the top of the stairs here at the top of this landing. The door behind her is open. I'm going to give Bunny Wendell and Clubhead perception check. Of course, Clubhead has a passive perception of 17. You pick up on this right away, Clubhead. 17. Nine. Well, with a nine perception, you don't really notice anything. You're really just focused on Silbeth the giant snake. 
Wendell and Clubhead, you guys both notice, in the midst of the debris of the broken chandelier and all of the dust and grime and stuff that's on the floor, you notice that this mosaic tile flooring, it's all cracked and broken, but you can still make out an emblem in the center of the floor underneath this broken chandelier. It is a crescent moon with a star on it. Oh boy. Ooh. That, that's the symbol on that arcane lock. Does that mean that, that he's the one who locked the door? Didn't Shwoopy say he was, he's one of the four, right? And they had like a fighter. They had a whole regular party. It would have to be him. Wendell, you're the munging guy. How does this look to you? <laughs> it's pretty cool that Silbeth has the same type of munjik that I do. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, guys? I'm going to try to learn munjik like, before before this is all said and done. I don't want to be the only non-munjik user. Well, I mean, you did come back to life munjikly earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Had a point there. So as you guys are talking about this, you, the, the emblem on the floor under the chandelier, of course you notice Silbeth's uh, giant snake. She's up by the double doors up above. She is a medium-sized creature. I said earlier she was large. She's medium, which is a large snake. And then below the landing that Silbeth is on, there is a just a plain-looking wooden door. Hey, have you guys checked this door yet? It's pretty plain. Does it have an obvious lock on it? Well, as you approach it, you're looking at the door and you do see something that's a bit unusual that you notice that nobody else notices. And that is a small hole about knee high, maybe a half an inch in diameter. Okay. And where's this hole? Like on the door? On the door, kind of in the center of the door, but at knee height. Interesting, guys. There's this little hole in the door down by my knee. I'm going to crouch down and, and look through the hole. Give me a perception check. Okay. There. A 19. With a 19, you're looking into the hole in the door and you see nothing, just darkness. You can't see anything on the other side of the door. But you do notice a couple of little splotches of what look like rust on the ground. Oh, like on the other side of the door? No, you got down on your hands and knees. Yeah. And as you like move your hand to like look into the little hole, you notice that there are a few little bits of metal, mm -hmm. little bits of rusted iron that look like little globules. Like there was molten iron dropped here in little droplets and it cooled and formed and then it rusted. Interesting. And is it directly underneath that hole? It's just kind of like scattered around the base of the door. I'll point it out to you guys. Ooh, what could this mean? Hmm, I wonder if there's some sort of machine. I'm going to drop down from the ledge on top of Clubhead. Okay. <laughs> A snake <laughs> drops down on top of Clubhead. Oh! Are you trying to frighten him? No, I'm just playing around. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Give me an acrobatics or athletics check as the snake. 19. Yeah, he, like, falls right on you, draping around your neck. Ugh. Oh, gross snake! Oh, wait, it's just you, Silbeth, right? Guys, is this Silbeth? I wasn't looking. I flicked my tongue at him. Definitely Silbeth. You guys, by the way, new wrestling duo. You can be Club the Snake Hammer. <laughs> just, I got a vision, guys. I can see it. Oh, hey, Silbeth. That's what I say. Hmm? Hey, Silbeth, uh, I've been doing the, the, the polymorphing sort of munjik a lot. And uh, I want you to know that there's a really good way to communicate. So what you got to do is one tongue flick means yes. 
Two tongue flicks means no. Do you understand? I flicked my tongue once. Nice. She's got it. A Nazareth. Is there a, a normal, like, space under this door between the floor and the bottom of the door? It's maybe a quarter of an inch. Um, I would like to slither down there and use my electric receptor to see if there's anything living on the other side of the door. Okay. Using some deep snake lore as an ophidian, I will allow it. Awesome. If anyone is going to do it, I guess that'd be you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you, you flick your tongue, you use your special pit viper senses to determine that there is nothing living on the other side of the door. Can Wendell make anything out of the rusted metal? Give me an investigation check. Oh, nine. Looks like little droplets of metal that were molten at one time that have landed here and cooled and rusted. Is there dust or dirt on the floor? Yes. I would like to write out the word trap question mark with my snake body. <laughs> Give me a performance check. All right. With disadvantage. All right. You've never written as a snake before. Yeah. Can I use my inspiration to make it a normal roll? Absolutely. All right. 14. Yeah, I think that gets through to everybody. Silbeth spells out tramp. <laughs> but it's close. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> hey. Wait, who are you calling a tramp? I, I mean, appreciate well, Wendell, that. you do got the muffin girl back in the village. I don't I'm just saying. Uh, I scratch out the M. <laughs> okay. Oh, trap. Oh, trap. Oh. I don't know if it's a trap. This just looks to me like some sort of utility closet, maybe, you know? Like there's probably some machine back there that helps run this tower. Do we know how big Maddox was? Because this is a weird height for a keyhole. It was, is he a little guy? As far as you know, I don't know that you've ever been told okay. what his lineage is. No, yeah. she never mentioned his appearance. And neither did uh, the barbarian, neither did the journal probably, so shucks, okay. We've all just been assuming like human? Yeah, I was assuming just a dude, but. Yeah. Yeah, a foot would be smaller than That's any, like a gnome, ain't it? Much smaller than a gnome. Gnome could be like three or four feet tall, right? Ah, uh, okay. And you said it's about how wide? The door? The hole. Oh, half an inch. Is it the same width as that piece of metal we found at the front of the mine? It is not. Okay. It's going to be smaller diameter. Got it. Okay, I tell everybody to stand a ways back from the door, and I send the ghost through the door. Ooh, I like it. Is the ghost incorporeal? It is. The spirit can move through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. Ah, it can move through the door. It, it's difficult terrain to get through it, but it moves through the door. Do you sense what the ghost senses? How does that work? It understands the languages that I speak. Okay. So it can see what's back there, but it can't communicate, I guess. When the ghost enters the room, do you call him back? Yeah, and then after it gets inside the whatever's back there, I'll send it back. All right, comes back out. Everything's cool. Seems to be. Okay. So as long as we can pass through the door without opening it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any traps that go off. I could go get Crokey <gasps> from the cart and send him back there. Ooh, but will he survive the trip across the uh, open field? Getting pelted? Yeah, I'll just dig him a hole. Oh, okay. He can tunnel through with me. That's pretty clever. Well, I do have to do a little bit of healing. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I got bashed pretty good by a giant rock earlier today. Maybe I could heal up while you do that. Yeah, we could all use a little break. 
That's kind of a brilliant maneuver, Aaron. I'll give you inspiration for that. Sweet. You run down the stairs really quick and you tunnel into the ground. You hear the thud of a stone hit the ground after you're well halfway toward the forest line. Ah, nice try. The area of trees where you left Crokey and the horses and your goat isn't terribly far, but it takes you 10, 15 minutes to get there, to get up, walk into the forest. And there's Crokey and there's all of your mounts. They're fine. Totally fine. Excellent. Crokey, to me. All right, follow me, buddy. We're going to do a little uh, tunneling here. (laughs) Exactly. You tunnel back in the ground. Crokey's going to crawl through the tunnel. It takes him a little bit longer than you, obviously, but you eventually make your way back. I don't think I benefit from a short rest while I'm in another form, correct? Hmm, that is a good question. You have polymorphed, though. I would say Silbeth's actual form, yeah, you could take a short rest. Okay. I don't know if that's rules as written, but I'm going to go ahead and say you can. So, on a short rest, can I also use the D8 dice I have to get health back? Absolutely. I got you set up at 37 hit points after your short rest. And now Wendell and Crokey, I'll get Crokey for you here. Sweet. Crokey comes in. Your undead spirit, though, does go away because it has been an hour. Yes. That's okay. But wait, doesn't the polymorph go away too? After an hour, a normal polymorph spell goes away. There you go. Back to Silbeth. All right. I'm back up to full hit points, too. I guess it's time to introduce you to my friend Crokey Silbeth, who I summoned with Munjik. <laughs> oh, no. Crokey's <laughs> <laughs> friendly. What do you mean, introduce me? I, like, haven't I already met that thing? <laughs> oh, have I already introduced you? Oh, gosh, I completely forgot. Yeah. Well, let me reintroduce I you. I told you I don't like zombies. You insist on keeping putting it in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Uh, I'm going to send him through the door now. What door? The wooden door on the ground floor. All right. Why don't I remember anything from the last hour? I don't know, but you really have a strong urge to eat a mouse. Do you have a a strange coin on your person, Silbeth? Yeah, I found a coin. It's an abyssal coin. Hmm. I wonder if there's something weird about that coin. Do you think maybe you should throw it away? No, I love it. I'm, I'm just saying, Silbeth, and this is a, in a very calm and friendly tone. Since that coin, you've just been, um, respectfully, a little bit, like, off your game. Like, th- like for instance, this memory lapse you have for the last hour. The Silbeth I know is sharp. Maybe, like, sometimes the fun police, but we kind of need someone to regulate us. But, like... Since that coin has come around, I've been kind of concerned about your mental health, pal. Look, Nate, like, it's nothing to, it has nothing to do with the coin, okay? You're awfully defensive about a coin here. Yeah. I got this dumbass shark necklace. I'm going to take that off. I chucked the shark necklace. See, it's just a thing. <laughs> Who cares? Listen, Not I like this coin and I'm keeping it. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sounds All good. Right. I take a level. <laughs> a level. One level. <laughs> you just surged, though, so that you're only at one level. Oh, three. Okay. Uh, no, I took I took two levels from polymorphing. What? They don't reset after resting? Oh, I did rest. You're right. You're right. Oh yeah. I rested. Yep, yeah. yeah, a long or short rest. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank goodness. Okay. You're fine then. You're not gonna change your age. But I am at one. <laughs> Thank Munjik. 
All right. Come on, so what? <laughs> what is Crokey doing? Crokey's gonna open that door and head on in. He grabs the door handle and turns it. It is not locked. He opens up the door and he starts to like step through. Right? Yeah. He has to make a dexterity saving throw. Crokey got a minus one. <laughs> not too dexterous. Crokey <laughs> uh, walks with great purpose through the door, and you watch as something falls from above the other side of the door. It is a small kettle full of melted iron. Crokey fails his dexterity saving throw. He is going to take some fire damage. Whoa. Crokey just got Targaryened. <laughs> Crown for a king. I'm just glad that whoever set up this trap chose to do non-magical, mundane means. Yeah. It is 29 points of fire damage. Oh, and the yeah. holy shit. The little kettle hits him in the head, and that is an additional seven points of bludgeoning damage. Crokey is unconscious. He croaks. Well, that's... Yes. And his head is coated with melted iron. Ah. Okay, he has to make a constitution saving throw with a DC of 5 plus the damage taken. <laughs> so, croaky... Unless the damage is radiant or from a crit, on a success, the zombies drops to one hit point instead. Yeah, I don't think he can roll a 36. A natural 20 on a save always succeeds. Yeah. So, yes. yeah I will true. roll... I will roll anyway. Here we go. Never know. 13. <sighs> nope. Croaky. He croaked. Croaky has officially yeah. croaked. But of course, <laughs> you're a necromancer, right? Yep. Think I can bring him back, right? Rules is written. In order to reanimate a dead body, it has to be the dead body of a living thing. I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, let's take a look. Let's take a deep dive into this Valley of Green Gold rule break. <laughs> Sponsored by the Taliban. Why did I say that? I don't know why. I don't know why. Sponsored by Scholastic Rulers. He has just always wanted to work the Taliban into a, a joke. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I've been he did on it. that Taliban bit for years, man. I finally got it. That was kind of a little bit shoehorned, I would say. Yeah. That's so Taliban you know, we'll to be proud to say that. I'm on fire. Well, the Taliban wants you guys to know that Animate Dead targets a corpse of a medium or small humanoid. And because a zombie, a dead zombie, is a corpse of an undead creature, it cannot be used. Oh, no. Okay. Well, Unless that's unfortunate. we want to house rule it. I am willing to house rule this and say that if Wendell wants to use a spell to animate Crokey once again, I'm going to say you can. I'm going to take a point of emotion. <laughs> yeah. If he does, oh, if he chooses well, to. That's a demotivational <laughs> factor. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wait. Okay. I'm going to wait for a better option. I've already kind of, you know, learned everything I can from animating Crokey. It's time for a it's time for a fresh a fresh zombie. So you leave Calicroak Jack's body covered with cooling hardening iron in front of this door? <laughs> yes. Oh man, would that have increased his AC if I brought him back again? <laughs> Might have. 
Like, <laughs> how is that stuff staying molten? That's what I want to know. That's a very good question. Mm, don't think about it too much, Silmeth. Are you going to investigate? Oh, God, yeah, oh, I'm God, curious oh, God, about that, look. so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go look. God damn it. All right. You go into this, and uh, none of you have like really looked into the closet because you've been watching Croaky die. <laughs> but I will explain what you all see. This room is small. It's the size of a closet. An old broom, a bucket, and a mop all lined up there on the wall. There's a shelf, which contains a few glass bottles, a big stack of folded rags. Now, the shelf is, like, waist high. Below the shelf, there is a rectangular hole in the stone. It's about a foot high and a foot across, and it leads back into the stone about two feet or so and then curves sharply upward. You can see that from standing outside of this door. But to get a good look at whatever was going on with this kettle of molten iron, you'd have to go in and look up. Can I perception check the room before I enter? Sure. Yeah, I would like to do that too. Yeah, you can all do that. I mean, I got a high enough dex, I think I'll be able to dodge if something pops out, but natural 20. Nice. Nice. I got 21. Okay. I got a 17. 17, 21, and a natural 20, no problem. You guys realize this trap has been sprung and you're able to look in there. You see that there's a wooden platform that's kind of like a little flap that has fallen downward. The kettle must have been sitting on that. And there is a little wire that leads to the back side of the door. There's no way you would have seen that. How the kettle was heated, though, I'm going to give Silbeth an investigation check since she was so intrigued by this. All right. 21. Now, there must be some sort of munjic spell that can heat metal. <laughs> it's munjic. All right. There's a 50-50 chance I take an emotional level. Okay. On a 51 or higher. 49. Wow. <laughs> as close as you can get. <laughs> Thankfully, Wendell explained munjic to you. It's not as big of a mystery as it once was. And of course, magic does not exist, but munjic, that's what this is. And, uh, yeah. So it must have heated up that bucket and then... I don't know. But there you go. That's what's in this room. That that munjik is crazy. <laughs> munjik be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, while Silbeth is distracted and investigating this, I'm going to drag Croaky's body out of sight. And I am going to bring the molten-headed Croaky back to life. Okay. You drag Croaky just outside the door where you, you won't be at danger of being hit by boulders. But you are out of Silbeth's sight, and you cast your spell to animate Croaky's corpse once again. Yes. I think maybe because he was your first one. I think that's why. Exactly. There's a f- you have a special bond with Croaky that you're able to bring him back again. Like, maybe you wouldn't ordinarily be able to do that, but because he has a name, mm. he is back to unlife. And he has his full accoutrement of hit points. And his head is covered with a thick layer of hardened iron, which gives him a plus two to his armor class. Damn! Yes. And perhaps a new weapon that he can headbutt people with. <laughs> and I say, oh my gosh, guys, you look. Oh. Croaky, he, he's fine. <laughs> he, he, he lives. <laughs> it's a magic miracle. Yeah, he survived. I'm going to say because I didn't actually see... <laughs> Wendell, bring it back with Munjik. I'm freaked out with two emotional levels. <laughs> sure. What are you at now? Five? Uh, well, Six? I'm at, I'm at three. What, what, what happened? 
19. What the? Right. What is that? How did it, how did it come back uh, to life? He, he was just knocked out. He wasn't it's, dead. He just got knocked out. He wasn't dead. Yeah. Brooke is very What are you durable. talking about? He, he like melted. He's a zombie. They're tough. They yeah. don't have any, you, you know. know zombies. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you hit this guy earlier with Munjik. Oh, wait, no, that didn't happen. Never mind. <clears throat> what? Back when he was... <laughs> But he was still alive. What are Don't you talking you, about? You really messed him up with your crossbow. What are you talking? I died, Silbeth. Everything's on the table. Never forget. I oh wow, Silbeth. What was behind those doors upstairs? <laughs> yeah, those Did doors. you get attacked by a trap? No, I. No. Why? Oh well, what's up there? We need to find the. Remember, we need to find that guy. Medics. Yeah, there's a hallway that curves around, and I don't know what's around the curve. We should check it out. Oh. Thank you for opening those doors. How did you do that? I used the key that I have had for a long time. Crazily enough, it worked. What? You had a key for those doors? Yeah. Wendell takes a level of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know she's got the key. She's tried it in other places. You got it off of, was it the undead glory on glory seeker? It was on a string around his neck. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Calm, calm down, Wendell. Oh, oh. I, you need to calm down. I've had this key for a long time. Oh, I totally forgot. I, I, Jeez. Oh, I couldn't figure out how you could have that key. Roll to, a d20 anyway, oh, thank gosh. Aaron. Roll a d20. Okay. Just just because you can't figure out why something is the way that it is doesn't mean you need to freak out. <laughs> Maybe try to analyze the situation. There's logic, not emotions. I got a 10. All right, yeah. You're fine. You might have popped out a cube or two, but that's it. That's typical. I mean, try to be reasonable, Wendell. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, I feel better now. I just, uh, I had like a cube lodged in there and I've, I've been waiting for a while for it to come out. Oh, you're constipated. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I haven't been eating too good. That makes me cranky sometimes. I know, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's finally go into this door, shall we? You go up these stone stairs, curving around the outside edge of the tower entrance, and you make your way into the double doors. Clubhead has a passive perception of 17, so you notice this right away, but I want to see if anyone else notices it. Everybody give me a perception check. Nine. Eight. Eleven! Well, it's no surprise that the rest of you don't see this. There is a tiny hole in the ceiling about 10 feet overhead, you know, just inside those doors. It's still a little tiny hole, maybe an inch, two inches in diameter up there. Don't forget my passive perception's 15 too. Yes, but you don't see the tiny hole. Got it. Clubhead just like stands there with his arms on his hips, like looking at the hole and he's like, what's the deal with all these tiny holes? Am I right? And he points at it. <laughs> oh, another one? It must be another trap. Yeah, uh -huh. I'm, I'm assuming it is. Thank goodness you spotted that. Kind of wondering if I should uh, use Munjik to explore the tiny holes. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I trust this Munjik stuff. It's very easy and it's safe because we're your friends. I mean... I'll tell you what, maybe you should check it out and we'll go over here with Silbeth. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, if you don't see it, you'll... Okay, never mind. Let's just... <laughs> why don't you just talk Silbeth through what you're doing here with Munjik? <laughs> All right. I could, guys, if you think. Yeah, I could I could turn into, like, a tiny little spider or something and climb into the hole. 
I'm super curious. So just so we have some clarity here, you've got these double doors, you've unlocked them, opened them, you take like one, maybe two steps through, then you look straight up at the ceiling in this corridor that is this kind of this big sloping 20 degree angled corridor. And then you look up and it's like 10 feet above you, maybe a little bit more than 10 feet above you in the ceiling. Is there a corresponding hole in the floor? No. Is there any molten metal? Or I mean, rusty metal pipe pieces? No. Any markings on the floor underneath the... Uh... You guys can give me an investigation check. Ooh, let's get our Sherlock on. 21. 17! Yeah. 21. Awesome. Two 21s and a 17. And the result is after you really scour the area looking for any clues as to what is going on with this hole, you come up with nothing down by the doors, it's a little dustier, a little dirtier. There are a lot of like little pieces of rock and debris and stuff like that that might have fallen off of the ceiling or walls, you know, further up the passage and then kind of slid down. But other than that, there's no hole under the other hole. There's no other evidence of a trap there. Is it actually like a worked hole? Does it look like it was drilled or is it a natural hole? Well, it's about five feet over your head, so you can't really tell Exactly. It's not like a natural occurring hole. It looks like a circle, like a pretty, pretty decent representation of a circle. All right. Well, do you want to spider up into it and see what's going on? Uh, what? Oh, oh. Mm. How is he going to fit through that hole? Never mind. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. No, that's, that was a, a, a joke. I was making a joke, you see, because I've put on a lot of weight recently and I'm fat. So I was joking about oh, it. <laughs> I'm sorry about the, that. Yeah. Uh, maybe if we hug the walls. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll hug the walls. Whatever makes you feel better. I start hugging, <laughs> literally hugging the wall. The wall needs a friend. <laughs> Even Crokey approaches the wall, bangs his metal head against it, and goes, <laughs> Well, then we can move down the hallway this way. Oh, oh clever. Okay. I see where you're at. Lead the way, Sue Beth. All right. Now, I presume that you guys are passively, at least, looking for anything out of the ordinary. So with Clubhead's passive perception of 17, Silbeth, I think you're, what, 15? Yeah. You guys make your way up the ramp. It's about 65, 70 feet all the way up to the top of this ramp. As you get further up there, you're able to get a better idea of how far it is. And once you get about 40 feet up this ramp, you notice that the dust on the floor looks like it's been disturbed in some way. It looks like somebody took a stick and just kind of scratched it into the dust on the floor and kind of swept the dust around a little bit. Hey guys, hope, hold on, hold on. There's something in the dust. Hey, something's been moving around here. Now oh, I see that. Investigation checks, please, from anyone who's going to investigate, or somebody can assist with an investigation, and we can do it that way with advantage. Oh, Wow, natural one. You got a 16. Everybody rolled. I guess I will roll, even though I'm terrible at this. Everybody's taking, doing their own investigation. Yeah, we, that was really dumb. We're all just thinking what is going on. If you just waited for me to help you, Aaron, which I was going to do, that would have been a 22, you silly goose. Well, Dean, I got a 16. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, Bunny DePain, Investigator DePain. Yes, yes. I put my <laughs> fake beard on. I'm like, huh. Oh, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> wow. That's neat. It's not Munjik. It's not Munjik. It's practical <laughs> oh, yeah, so, This is just, just fake beard and clips on. Yes. <laughs> you look down at the ground, 
it really looks like somebody took a stick and kind of swirled it around in the dust, I guess? Hmm. So we came to the top of this ramp, and then we see dust. Is there more ramp, or are we at a door? You are a little over halfway up the ramp, about 45 feet or so up this ramp, and there's another 30 or so feet to go. But we can see the door at this point? You can see the door behind you. That's like 35 feet behind you. Did you guys not close the front doors? I don't think we ever said we did. There was a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, so they're still open and there's still a little light, so you can see that the light's coming in those, well, those I doors. Well, dark vision. Should I light a... I might light a torch. Further up the ramp, though, it curves to the right and it's dark. Are you saying there's still too much curve to see the end of the hall? Yes. Okay. Well, guys, I hate to do this, but I think... I think Croaky's gonna have to... You know, spearhead this investigation. <laughs> Maybe we should go back down to the bottom of the ramp and let you, him. You kinda... don't hate to do this. You love to do this. <laughs> well, no, because I love Croaky. He's my, you know, I I created him. He's he's my creation, and I don't want to jeopardize him again. But but you love us more. I love you guys more. Aww. Apparently, he just comes back to life spontaneously. Yeah, so hopefully that's what'll happen this time if he gets hurt. Yeah. yeah. All right. Croaky's he's tough. All right. And he's got his helmet now. That's true. <laughs> so you guys are not staying there, or are you going back, or sending Croaky? We are going to move down the inescapable ramp enclosed area. I think we want the little hole in the ceiling to be, you know, between us and Croaky. Okay. You'd basically have to be out on the landing Yeah. for that. Wait, we're not going to watch what happens to Croaky? You could still see him up there. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, Croaky. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Just go up that ramp. Nice and easy. Yeah. He shuffles up the ramp, shuffling his rotted feet. And as he gets through the hatch where you guys think that somebody has swirled a stick around there, you see a very brief flicker of something around his feet. And then you hear some very loud thud, 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 thud. And up at the top of the ramp, trap door has opened and five really pretty large boulders, pretty round <laughs> boulders, uh, fall down and start rolling down the ramp toward Croaky. Is he going to try to escape them or hurdle yes. them? Escape, okay. Run, Croaky, run! <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Dexterity saving throw. Four, Croaky! <laughs> Four! <laughs> he doesn't even dodge the first one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's say all five of them aren't going to hit him. I'd say two out of the five probably have a chance of hitting him. Another dex saving throw. Seven. Uh, all right, yeah. well, he takes ten points of bludgeoning damage as he gets bowled over by these rocks, and the rocks continue hurtling down the uh, passageway. They're speeding down the passageway toward the landing, but you guys are already there. You guys are seeing it happen. You just step out of the way, <laughs> and the rocks come flying out. They hit the bottom of the landing, and you know one of them bounces off the wall of the corridor and then flies out through the air. It hits what's left of the chandelier, and the chandelier starts spinning around off of this chain it's hanging on, and the rocks all tumble and hit the ground. You guys have avoided 
this trap, and Croaky is still functional. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Good job, Croaky. Nice work. Well, I think we know it broke the chandelier now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I love your jokes, Silbeth. You're so funny. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, yeah. You think the trap will go again? Maybe if it was on a long enough time. But if we get up there quick, it can't. Yeah, if we move fast. I, I, I start running up the ramp. Okay, you go up first. I pick up Croaky and dust him off and yeah, push him yeah. forward. Okay, I'll follow. Croaky is uh, a little damaged. You feel some bones moving around in there that probably shouldn't be moving. <laughs> but he he doesn't lose a step, man. He's right there next to you. <laughs> He's a real ride or die, like Croaky. And you guys run across this area where the you know ground was disturbed, and I'm going to let Wendell pull an arcana check as you cross over the top of this. A what check? Twelve. Oh, it's nothing, Silbeth. <laughs> oh, it's nothing. Okay. Uh, Text Arcana, you know. Yeah, you're not sure exactly what happened there. It's not something that you're familiar with, not something that you've done before, so but you do believe it it could be a munjik spell. Something to consider later when I've got more time. Yes. And you guys get up to the top of this big ramp, and yeah, you look up and there's a platform there that had given way. And all these boulders have already been used, so this trap is now now dead. It doesn't have any, it's not armed anymore. And as you make that little right-hand curve on the ramp, you find yourself on level ground again. It's leveled off a little. There's a landing, and then stairs. As you are looking at the main body of the actual tower that's being built, kind of over the top of the existing tower, as it curves all the way around to the right, you guys have a enormous spiral staircase leading up. And that is where we will end this episode of the Valley of Green Gold. And that is episode 51 of the Valley of Green Gold. A few essential announcements. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've had a website, ratedrpgpodcast.com, and it's a nice website. We've really liked it, but after much consideration, uh, an analysis of the cost-to-value ratio. Uh, we're going to let that go at the beginning of April. We're going to take advantage of some free options, and it's going to work just as well. So over the next month, we'll be moving all the content from our website into our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash ratedrpg. And if you want to support us financially, even a few bucks a month, that would be amazing. We would be grateful for your support. Or you can join our Patreon at the level of free and get all the free content. We uh, also give you access to our Discord server if you're a Patreon member, but you can also email us and we'll let you into the Discord server that way. We'll send you an invite if you email ratedrpgpod at gmail.com. If you use Reddit more than anything else, we have a new subreddit, Rated RPG Podcast, that we'll be moving everything to as well. We'll kind of do it, you know, in triplicate. So no matter where you are, you'll be able to find the same stuff. It is true that we stopped using Twitter, and we won't call it by anything other than Twitter. So screw Elon. Uh, there is an official, unofficial Rated RPG Facebook group run by Great White Spark and Bossa Nova Bill. So if you use Facebook, that has a fun vibe that we like. But again, as of early April, no more Rated RPG Podcast website. We have a hell of a team of highly creative professional people like Elizabeth Parcells, our audio transmuter, our podcast editing wizard, and uh, Tony Mayer, graphic design warlock, who is about to unleash a brand new Eldritch Logo Blast 
for our new live stream, What We Do in the Shadowfell. He's finishing that up. It looks amazing. I've seen the preliminary designs. Fantastic work, Tony. You have been granted the title of Scartabelle of Mont Blanc. Speaking of what we do in the Shadowfell, it's a modified take on Curse of Strahd, and our DM Nick is incredible. In the past, we've used Roll20, but Nick uses Fantasy Grounds, which is a completely different VTT that's really fancy. He runs the game like a real pro. He has special effects and voice effects and visual effects. We do polling of the live stream audience to award things and make decisions. It's a fun time, and we hope you can join us for our next live stream of what we do in the Shadowfell. It's happening on the last Tuesday of the month, March 26th. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for making Rated RPG happen. PJ Sherman, Addict Sam, and Freckled One. The rations and adventuring gear are always appreciated. Many thanks to the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. Members in good standing include Alex Shermerhorn and our podcast editing wizard, Elizabeth Parcells. All hail the GPB. Many thanks to the wizard-weary Duke of Lux and the Duke's Turtle and Crow. We're very happy and grateful for your support. Thanks to the Merchant Harbor Gazette tier folks as well. Super Justin 64, Spidey Mouse, Jackson Wynn, Sean Duncan, and Brian Smallberries. Jedi and Velociraptor. What are we going to do with those two? They've always got a scheme cooking. Uh, they, they wanted to get some, uh, some gold flowing in to their coffers, so they got a bunch of pieces of the shell of the zombie dragon turtle that attacked the town of Merchant Harbor, and then they they started to turn those bits of dragon turtle shell into dagger handles and home decor and hair combs and other stuff, taking advantage, you know, of the growing legend of the battle for Merchant Harbor, and to keep those bits of, uh, you know, shell looking good, you gotta use shellac or lacquer or some sort of protective coating but they didn't ask anyone how to make that. They just mixed up a big old batch of toxic gas and it killed them both right there in their their tent down by the shoreline. So we've snipped off a couple of their toes and plopped them into the bucket of friends. Oh, Jedi and Velociraptor. When are you two gonna learn? On behalf of everyone around ye old gaming table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast.